Welcome to the EMCC UK podcast. In this episode, Sarah Bailey from the EMCC UK Higher Education Special Interest Group discusses how pastoral and academic peer mentoring supports students in higher education with special guest, Dr. Joe Stevens. Joe is a senior law academic who has taught in a number of public universities and is currently a senior lecturer at the University of West London. While completing his PhD, Joe became involved in his university's Peer Academic Learning Scheme, or PAL for short. He later trained as a supervisor before starting a PAL program at Bloomsbury Institute, where he trained leaders for several years. He has always seen the benefits of peer learning, both the leaders and attendees, and has recently introduced a PAL program at the University of West London. Sarah and Joe discuss the key elements in creating pastoral and academic mentoring schemes, the process needed for training pastoral and academic peer mentors, and the benefits of mentoring to students, staff, and the institution as a whole. Welcome to the EMCC Spotlight podcast, focusing on higher education. Uh, My name is Sarah Bailey and I'm the Director of Professional Development at EMCC UK. I'm also the Director of Student Services at Bloomsbury Institute in London. And with over 20 years experience in creating and implementing student and staff mentoring programs in higher education at institutions in the UK and Southeast Asia. My guest today is Dr. Joe Stevens, who is a senior law academic who has taught in a number of public universities and is currently a senior lecturer at the University of West London. As a mature student, Dr. Stevens worked as a mentor during his undergraduate and postgraduate years of study, where he developed a passion for mentoring and peer learning. So, welcome, Joe. Hi, good afternoon, and thank you very much for having me. Thank you for coming. Um, So, just to give, um, you know, uh, maybe quite a few of our listeners will have heard of pastoral or will know of pastoral peer mentoring in higher education, which helps students to transition, almost like buddy schemes where they're paired up to help new students transition in their, usually in their first semester. Um, but for the benefit of our listeners, could you um, start by defining what a student academic peer mentoring scheme is or PAL, peer assisted learning? Yeah, sure. So this is where we take uh, students who have completed their first year of uh, study in higher education. So these are uh, level four and five students or second and third years. Um, And we train them in uh, becoming peer assisted learning leaders or peer assisted study session leaders. And they then carry out uh, study group work, study sessions with new students who have just come into higher education, working in small groups, going over topics that they will have already covered, um, but which the um, the new students are finding uh, an introduction to. So it's, it's, it's all new to them. And they assist the students uh, by facilitating their learning. Um, it's part of a, 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 a sort of ongoing, long-term supplemental uh, uh, system of learning and and that's been uh, on the go now for 40, 50 years, first started in America. Um, it's tried and tested, and it's been run by a number of universities uh, up and down the country. Thank you. 
brilliant. So so now we now we know what it is. Um, looking at the key elements in creating such a scheme, um, what would you say were the key things to uh, you know consider when creating such a scheme in a higher education uh, setting? Um, well, I think it's it's really important that whoever's running the scheme or whoever you're getting involved in the scheme, be it normally through student support services, is that they are really enthusiastic, that they buy into it, that they understand that this will be of benefit both to the attendees and to the leaders themselves. Um, and it's really important that the organisation understands that um, as well. And if you can get buy-in from those those key stakeholders um, then that really is the the, the key element in um, in sort of getting the scheme going within within higher education. But really, having someone that's enthusiastic is the most important part of uh, of, of getting the power scheme running. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I, I would think that you would think about it in terms of building it into. It would be helpful for it to be built into a strat the, the university strategy, maybe or the institutional strategy, um, which is possibly could be could be possibly where you would get you would get more buy-in because the the institute is is invested in it but um do you find it is it is it is it difficult in your experience to to convince um academics or members of staff to buy in and actually senior leadership as well to buy into this I think it really can be to start with, particularly if they haven't come across this before or they just see it as something that's going to either take away from their job, this is something that often uh, academics will fear or think, um, or that the senior management can't see the benefit of something where they may already run uh, some sort of mentoring scheme. But once you explain the um, the, the well-documented um research that shows how it benefits both the the attendees and and the uh, leaders that you can show how it will assist with the um, sort of APP of any institution um, the once again you you talk to academics and explain that rather than increase their workload it will actually decrease uh, their workload it's likely to assist them uh, with their with their uh, running of their their courses and their modules, and that actually it's not teaching on the cheap in any way whatsoever. It's facilitating learning, um, and that for for everyone concerned, this can only be a good thing. Yeah, and there is a <clears throat> excuse me, there is a mentoring element to it as well, um, because the students are working with um, new students to to the institute as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, it's it's not just the academic side where they're they're trained on how to facilitate students' learning, but they can of course share their own experiences. So they have that mentoring aspect as well. Um, so they can uh, um, really help students by you know saying to them, I you know I've literally worn the t-shirt, done what you've done. Now this time last year, I was sat there. I can tell you, and they can the students can ask them questions that often they will find difficult or not wanting to ask their academics or the support staff because they just see that as the authority and they, they, they often have issues with that. Um, so um, um, 
it 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 definitely has that 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 kind of mentoring feel. Very one thing I did mention just now said APP, and I realise that some of your listeners might not know that's an access and participation Thanks plan. For that. Yeah, so it, 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 yeah I, we talk in jargon in in higher education, <laughs> as you know, and it's all uh, different abbreviations. Um, but that that is a really key part for many senior managers in higher education, where we're looking at the vulnerable students. We're looking for the students who could fall through the cracks. Um, who might find it difficult to make friends, to join in, to understand that initial transition from coming into what, wherever they've come from into higher education. And certainly for myself as a mature student in his 40s coming into higher education, I was actually built, you know, filled with a lot of trepidation. So it's really important, I think, to have that that, that space and those uh, um, power leaders and, and to, to be there to, to really help you settle into the into the the, the um, higher education uh, role so uh, we talked a little bit about yeah it is really important obviously because you know you want uh, people to to develop confidence in you know in their subject area as well or new students anyway uh, to develop confidence and such schemes I can imagine help but we're, we're going to be talking about the benefits a little bit later on um, we've talked about um, getting buy-in from senior, uh, management. We talked about um, talking to academics, convincing academic members of staff have how beneficial this would be um, to, to 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 their students. Um, how do how would you successfully promote such schemes to students, and and who do you, who can help you with this? So, if you were going to set up this scheme, how would you go about marketing it to students, if you like, and getting them to, getting their buy in? Yeah, and I realise nowadays that, you know, many students are really time poor, you know, for no thought of their own. Many of them have working and family and care commitments. So giving up time um, can be, uh, to, to, to take part in a scheme like this, can be really um, difficult to, to, to initially sell. But um, I think it's important that you use uh, the academics themselves. Uh, the students will be teaching within their own field. So the, the academics will know those students that they can identify as being the type of student that are likely to 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 assist um, student reps again using students themselves again if this is a brand new scheme where you haven't got sort of leaders to rely on you know then you you, you can use you know the student reps will know uh, or have an idea um, and really going face to face and speaking to students in sort of you know core common lectures or, or seminars where they're getting five minutes and actually explaining and as much as it's it's lovely to say, well, look, this is you know a really altruistic view, and it'd be fantastic if you just looked after all these new students. Really selling the benefits, and really selling the benefits for, for for later on. So I think that's one of the key, and I know we're going to talk about that, but it's one of the key points of of, of you know selling it and saying this is not a time consuming activity. You know, you're likely only need to give up an hour a week. It will be with it when you're within your uh, teaching day, uh, your learning day, and um, You'll be able to fit this in. Uh, you can plan and do, run these sessions fairly easily, once, particularly once you get into it. And it's not going to be as time-consuming as you feel. Yeah. And and how how do you identify such leaders? How do you do, how do you identify suitable leaders, if you like? Um, again, by speaking to them. Um, uh, initially, it's quite difficult to have any kind of you know because you're you're looking for numbers, and it's often quite difficult to get those those numbers to start with um, because PAL is definitely a scheme or PASS is definitely a scheme that runs by word of mouth and by people's own experience and experiential learning. Um, but you are looking at perhaps uh, 
you know, interviewing and talking to the, the students themselves where you make it clear the kind of qualities that you are looking for, that you're not, you know, you're looking for people that are, uh, are going to be uh, kind, that they're not, you know, you're not looking for megalomaniacs, you know, you're not looking for, you're not looking for people who are, you know, unbelievably academically bright, you know, but you're not looking for people who are failing. You're looking for people who have, you know, may have had their own struggles that they can relate to, but have got through it. Um, and you are, you're, you're looking for, 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 that kind of student so people as well who can empathize with the students who are coming into the sessions absolutely yeah and and say maybe you know students who may themselves have had a difficult time who can relate to that who can say yeah that was me last year i i really struggled i could have really benefited from something like this um and i think it's it's you know trying to appeal to that type of student um is 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 the way the way ahead what do you know about the EMCC UK CPD profile? There are so many reasons to join if you're an EMCC UK member coach, mentor or supervisor and feel you have the knowledge, skills and practice to deliver a short programme to our organisational members. If you're interested, get in contact with info at emccuk.org. Being part of our CPD profile means you'll be part of a growing group of practitioners who share their knowledge and skills with organisations to develop their coaching, mentoring and supervision offer internally. Get in touch and our friendly administration team will be on hand to help. What other factors? We've talked about the suitability of students or, you know, uh, when you're recruiting students for, for a PAL leader role and because obviously they have to have those mentoring elements as well as um, you can train them to be facilitators, of course, uh, I'm sure. Um, but um, what other factors do you think um, would be involved in, in actually setting up a scheme in operationally wise? Well, of course, you know there there are a hundred and one factors that you need to 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 take in uh, into account. Um, it's really important, for example, in higher education that you have timetabling uh, on board and space, you know, timetabling space uh, on board, so that you've got somewhere for the power sessions to take place. That you've got a, a suitable time for them to take place. You certainly don't want a time that's going to be first thing in the morning or nine o'clock on a Monday morning. Or five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, you know, because students are just not going to go to that. Let alone the leaders. Um, you want something that's going to be sort of student-friendly timings, and you want it to be on times where the the the, the PAL leaders, the PAS leaders, are there um, because they, you know, they don't want to be coming in particularly on a day where they would be doing other other things just to run an hour session. So again, timetabling is very important to get that on board. Um, Getting on board the the, the the particular head of the department or, or the you know the the, the the module leaders so that you can really get them to buy in um, and really understand the benefits that this is going to be for their their results for their uh, um, students um, is also really really important and of course the support that you need from uh, an organisation for the administration so from again student services who ultimately would normally run. Or in in whose sort of remit this would f fall, um, they will be you know needing to have provide the administrative um, support that is necessary you know for the form filling and all the other bits and pieces that, that take place with this. Well, that kind of takes us neatly onto what I was going to some questions that I wanted to pose to you in terms of the training process. Um, 
for example, to start with, how long does it actually tra- uh, take to train uh, PAL leaders, uh, uh, academic mentors, really? Um, that's an interesting question, I suppose, when we say how long does it take? Because I think it's, you know, it is ongoing. I think the leaders themselves learn a lot as they start to put into practice. But formally, they are required to attend a two-day training session. Uh, and that's a two-full-day training session where uh, we cover a number of um, uh, um, training uh, outcomes for them, sort of looking at things like um, how to, to uh, facilitate and not teach, how to divert questions. We look at things like cultural awareness. Um, we look at things uh, that, that are going to assist them within running their own uh, study groups. They always work in pairs, which is important for them to know as well, so they don't feel isolated. Um, but also we like to get them to have practice. So it's a very practical hands-on training. So we will set them simple scenarios where they will be the leaders and they will work to the groups and they will so they can actually get a practice which are all debriefed so they can see it in action. They can see what it is that they are actually expected to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so initially two days um, and then after the uh, leaders start working, um, they can have follow-up training and they can have specialist training that might be on something like, again, some more cultural awareness or it could be on some some employment-related um, uh, uh, issue that they may find useful. Um, so we, we it's always an ongoing process. Um, and again, that also includes the fact that they are um, uh, we, we, we monitor the the power leaders to see how they're doing, not in a kind of big brother way, but every, you know, five, six weeks, um, a couple of, uh, or a, a, a person from the student services or whoever will go in and just watch them, watch them taking part in their, their, um, uh, sessions so that they can see how they're doing. So they can actually, um, give them advice and tips and feedback and make sure they aren't straying into that area of teaching that they are remaining within academic facilitation of the students because it is one of the most difficult uh points that the 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 pals feedback to us is when they're asked a question a direct question by a student not having to answer that and having to redirect that um so that they are not teaching that they are facilitating i can imagine it's a skill that you have to get used to so it is a development and it makes sense that you know, um, the training continues, or the the development, the professional development in that area continues um, in their first, you know, or several, could be first couple of sessions or, or several sessions. They're still learning. It's still a learning. And it it's wonderful that they have somebody there who's supporting them um, to, to feed back to them. Because um, that was one of my questions of, of, of in relation to, you know, the key learning areas that they take from the training, but maybe open that question up a little bit more of the key learning areas that they take, not only from the training, but actually practice in practice as uh, PAL leaders. Yeah, and I mean, at the end of every session, um, I mean, we all have these ubiquitous feedback forms. We have a very simple, very simple sort of form from uh, the attendees to fill out. It literally takes them 10 seconds the leaders themselves are also expected to reflect on their session uh, and have some honest reflection with each other. Um, and that really helps them and it helps them really grow within their own 
uh, their own development because you know maybe for the first time they're really reflecting on you know on their actions how they actually do something as as academics it's something we do all the time um and as you know um reflective practitioners in many uh you know walks of life people will do that all the time and then I'm sure you know whenever people have run a session they might think afterwards what went well what didn't go well what could I do better but it's really good for the students to start to do that and they they really do benefit from that because they do start to learn and also they work with other their other students so they have a, a common uh, area that they can chat to within you know other other um power leaders past leaders within the institution so it may be that you might have some law students talking to some hospitality students talking to some psychology students and they can have this common area and they can sort of really learn from each other as well which is which is really fascinating yeah, learning from each other and also uh, noting that they work in pairs as well, whereas obviously with pastoral well, pastoral mentoring, you, it's either one mentor to the group or pastoral student peer pastoral mentoring to one, one student yeah. to, a, to a group of students or a one-on-one -on -one scenario. Um, so the two to, uh, to, to facilitate a session, um, it's, it's, you've got that partner I suppose you've got that support there as well and somebody that you're you're constantly learning from I can imagine because uh, you know you end up one would think if you if you work well together complementing each other's practice as well yeah that's absolutely right I mean it's one of the most difficult jobs is to pair the the, the, the power pass leaders up at the end of the training and think who's going to work well with each other because you don't necessarily want to really confident um chatty power pass leaders it, and you know two really really perhaps more quiet reflective ones you know you maybe you want a combination and you, you know it doesn't matter if one person is necessarily leading the session if the other person is supporting them can remind them of, of things that need doing can time manage with them and can help them both reflect at the end of the session so you know it deals with different personality types and you know not everybody is of one type and that's that's really important and that that's that's you know part of the part of the, the beauty of the scheme i suppose the attendees obviously are all different people as well so you know they've got their different personalities different ways of they they communicate and their different interests i suppose in in, in coming to pal yeah absolutely and it's and it's really important that the pal leaders you know sort of at the top of their agenda really is you know, is, is kindness and, and and empathy and understanding that you know that, that the, these sessions are not compulsory students don't have to come to them and you know if they are coming to them it's a big step for a new student to come through the door and you know some people are not used to certain protocols within higher education or even how to act and so you know perhaps guiding and and helping people to settle into how higher education works um it's a really nice it's a really nice uh, format for that because we're moving now over into the benefits more of a, a that benefits conversation aren't we we've we've, we've talked about the benefits of them uh, the, the, the students working together as leaders and some of we touched on some of the benefits obviously of the of the uh, attendees but could we expand a little bit more on the benefits for the the PAL leaders and and the students who attend these sessions what other benefits are there Sure. Well, I think, I mean, again, speaking to many power leaders and, and just visibly seeing the confidence that they uh, have having um, sort of often they oh, I'm not sure I can run a session with students like, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be really difficult. I'm, I just don't think I'm, I'm up to it. But then to actually see them get involved and very quickly settle into it. And at the end of it, you can you can 
visibly see the improvement in their in their own confidence, in their own ability. The panel leaders tell us that because they're going back over subjects that they've learned in their first year, that they actually get a much better and deeper understanding of that subject because they're going back over it again. And they suddenly, ah, it makes a lot more sense to them. So for their own academic learning, that helps them. It also helps them moving into other subjects because they're, they're using techniques and they're using um, um, sort of different ways of learning that, that, that really help them. Um, of course, it has a great uh, employment uh, benefit um, in that whenever they go to uh, apply for a job and they may be asked something like, could you give us an example when you dealt with a difficult situation and they can relate back to when they were a power leader or can you give us a, an example where you have um, you know, organized something, you know, again, where you, you know, and so many, um, you know, we have anecdotal evidence of many students going for jobs and the recruiter being really interested in the whole power pass scheme and actually thinking this is something we would be really interested in if you came to work for us. You know, this is something we could look, look at within our own organization. It's, it's a, it sounds really interesting. And um, so I think that for the, for the, the, the leaders themselves, um, there are, you know, huge benefits. Well, the attendees, um, you know, there's quite research-based evidence that, that shows that the grades of people that attend uh, improve. And many students, again, anecdotally will say, I was thinking of leaving higher education. I didn't think it was for me. The power session was somewhere I could go each week. It was a safe space. It was somewhere I could meet friends. It was somewhere I could talk. It's really helped me stay. But also, it's really, it's not, it's not remedial. It's not for people who are struggling. It's for everyone. And so people who say, look, I really love this topic, and it was great to come along to a power session and just really be able to talk more about it and to, to really learn some more. So it has it has a great uh, benefit for the, for the attendees who know that they've got this support um, from students who have been there, who have done it, and they can ask those questions that they would initially feel a little bit apprehensive of going to a a lecturer or to, to, to anyone else and asking, um, you know, because you're seen as that authority figure, no matter how much you try not to, it just, it just, it, yeah. it just is. There's a power. Um, and so that's, yeah, power dynamic. yeah, that power, yeah. that power. Yeah, exactly. And so that's really, it's really good that that, that they can, they can do that. Um, and again, we, you know, we tend to see, and also what we tend to find is that the following year, when we come to recruit, often many of our power past leaders come from, those people who are regular attendees because they see the benefit of it and they think, I'd like to have a go at that. I'd like to do this. And so, you know, it, once you start, you end up finding, you you know, you self-recruit. It kind of becomes self-furnacing in many ways, which is which is really good. So many benefits, right? Really so many benefits yeah. to, to being uh, part uh, of absolutely. the scheme as a student in, in both, uh, you know, as a ten both as an attendee and as a leader. Um, yeah. You'd explained a little bit about at the beginning about the benefits to academic staff, about the students, you know, um, performing. But I think you mentioned students' performance, maybe possible increase in academic performance. Um, but what what further benefits would would there be for academic uh, members of staff, and actually, indeed, professional services staff as well at the staff at the institute or whatever it's. Yeah, well, I think. Yeah, um, well, I think I think what I say one of the initial resistances you might find or I find was was is that staff do think is this teaching on the cheap? Is this taking my job away from me? And of course, once you explain it's not, it's facilitation. This is people that will be be helping the study and and a, and a helping people who, as I say, might slip through the cracks. But what it also 
shows, and again, this is you know well documented, is that staff will say, well, when students first arrive, I get loads of emails or loads of team messages about stuff um, that's you know that's there that they just that the students haven't looked at or they haven't found out about, and it, and it takes up a lot of my time, a lot of administrative um, sort of traffic, and that they found that once pounds got involved. This this decreased quite considerably because the students could speak to their power leaders, and often power leaders um, wear you know distinctive clothing, or, you know might wear a t-shirt or something that identifies them. And so when students are walking around, they don't mind perhaps coming up to a power leader and saying, asking a question um, or asking something, where do I go for this? How do I do that? And Providing, as I say, it's not it's not strayed into the realms of teaching, and and very often isn't. Then the power leader is able to answer that, um, and and that has will actually reduce the workload. Likewise, if questions come up in uh, uh, you know in lectures or in formal sessions, um, often the, the the academic can then say, actually, this is something you could bring up at your power power meeting. This is something you could discuss with with your power leaders. And so save time and effort. They don't have to be constantly asking stuff that, that falls outside of their academic remit. Um, but there's also, yeah. um, in terms of, from my my knowledge of PAL as well, just to bring this in, is the is the the reflective, um, the the uh, you know the promotion of reflection within these schemes for everybody involved, because uh, you know the students who attend are encouraged to reflect after the session on their learning the power leaders i believe uh you know keep reflective diaries like which is a great mentoring is best practice in in mentoring anyway um so it, it, it you're in effect what one of the benefits could be to to academia and the academics is having more reflective students and students who are more uh, i suppose um, are getting more used to being reflective learners. Absolutely, yeah, ab- absolutely. And um, I mean, one of the one of the, the the sort of benefits as well is that if you if you're looking at a topic and um, most of the students get it and maybe one or two don't, then you know you, you you work through that and they work through it as a group and that's fantastic. But if you look at a topic and nobody's getting it. Um, and the students are just completely blank, and they they really are struggling with this topic. Then it's very easy for the PAL leader to feed back immediately, um, either to the academic coordinator within the, the the particular department or to the academic themselves, um, and say, "There's a bit of an issue here." And that often will then lead to the academic reflecting on what it is they've taught, or maybe they think, "Oh God, I missed that out," or all sorts of things that can happen. Um, and so you can get this 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 initial sort of feedback and this initial reflection that can happen sort of straight away. Um, but the the benefits of of students themselves, I say, who may never have reflected on their work and never reflected, that they can leave a session, and you know, with the worst case scenario, if they don't get something, they will reflect on why it is they haven't got it and can know that they need to look at it and go back to it and and, and study on it. But that you know that's fairly rare that ever happens. But you know, if they have got something, they can they can reflect on that they now understand it better and, and why it is they maybe didn't get it before or what it is they may have missed or something. So it's 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 beneficial all round. Definitely. I'm going to ask you to reflect now, though, um, in, in, in terms of somebody who's been involved in these schemes for many years. Um, 
how have you benefited? You know, could you reflect on how you've benefited from your experiences of working with these schemes well, and clearly, with the participants? Yeah. I think clearly I only ever do it for altruistic reasons. You know, there's the, you know, no, I, th I think it, that would be that would be completely uh, misleading. It has absolutely helped me in my own teaching and my own practice. Um, many of the techniques that we teach uh, the students on facilitation i use and i incorporate everything from classroom layouts to the way that you can talk to to, to to students very useful stuff in itself i also reflect on my own practice about how it is that i you know that i the information that i have how am how am i going to put that across in a way that is going to be understood you know what are the barriers to that learning why are students not necessarily understanding something that i can pick up from from power sessions and power feedback so i can really help change my own practice to make it much more student friendly i appreciate that you can't please all the people all the time but you can constantly try and reflect on what it is that you're doing so that you can try and reach the widest audience as possible and put in place some kinds of processes for those who may not get it um, whatever that may be, whether it be, you know, you can contact me on Teams or, you know, we can do this, we can do that, whatever it is that we can do. I think it's it's helped me understand talking to PAL leaders and, and uh, uh, academics, I should say, and sort of um, PAL supervisors and people who run other schemes by going to conferences and presenting at conferences, different papers, to really understand how this fits into the wider uh, higher education uh, um, processes and, and the process of mentoring generally so for me personally it's been it's been uh, very beneficial it's wonderful to hear and you sound so passionate and you know all of those things how, how you benefit from it being involved um in 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 in, in this giving you know, giving back and receiving is is just a wonderful thing to be involved in, especially in something that you're so passionate about. I do have a final question for you, though, and um, it's uh, forgive me, but it is. It, I am being a bit naughty with this question because this is what we. Uh, this is the question that you usually ask. I know that is, is usually asked, possibly during a PAL session, um, when, when um, the students are being taught how to promote the PAL scheme to other students. So, are you ready for this question, Joe? Go ahead. So, if you were stuck in a lift. With someone you wanted to, uh, and you wanted to sum up, you stuck in the lift with somebody. You wanted to sum up why they should introduce such schemes into their higher education institute or institution. What would you say to them? I would say that there are no downsides to introducing a scheme like this. There will only be benefits, and those benefits will be to the organisation, to the staff within that organization and to both the students as mentors and attendees uh, and the leaders and that what you will be left with is a scheme that will only promote better students through understanding their learning in a more deep and meaningful way and having developed a whole range of skills including reflection sounds wonderful that's probably how i've sold it you sold it to me 
<laughs> but I just really want to 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 thank you so much. I mean, we've we've gone through so many key insights and, for, and you know everything from actually setting up a scheme, uh, looking at how uh, the PAL leaders. Uh, a train the, the the strong mentoring element to it, the facilitating element to, to to such schemes as well, the reflective element to all within such schemes, and you've shared your reflections as well with us, which we really appreciate. Um, and answering that killer final question, which was wonderful. Um, and so I, I just want to thank you so very much for for agreeing to come along today and uh, be part of this wonderful podcast on higher education and I wanted to thank also our listeners for listening to uh, myself and Joe's conversation on peer assisted learning Um, and we do hope that we've shared some key insights and uh, it's been useful for you Uh, so thank you very much and have a great day thank you very much Thank you for listening to this podcast from the EMCC UK. Together, our aim is to promote good practice and the expectation of good practice in coaching, mentoring and supervision. To learn more about the EMCC UK and to find out about membership, accreditation, events, CPD opportunities and learning resources, visit emccuk.org. And remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a future episode.